welcome to everyone this evening. If you're a guest with us this evening, we welcome you tonight as a part of this service. We're so glad to have you with us tonight. Thank you for being here. To those of you that are watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service. And to anyone, but to those that are a part of us that are unable to be here, welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well. Praise God. Would you stand? Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Going to begin reading with verse number 26. Genesis 1 26. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to do this. Sister Rebecca, I don't mean to put you on the spot. You still, still in need of employment? Yeah. Would you lift your hands? Would you stretch your hands in her direction? God's been doing some amazing things in her life. I don't think she needs God to prove himself anymore, but I think he just can show her even more. He's got her. Father, you promised to provide our needs. I pray that you would bless Rebecca. I pray that you would bless her with a job that is above and beyond what she would think possible, Lord. You are a way maker. According to your word, by the power of your spirit, open the door that you have for her, God. Open the door that you have for her, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Genesis 1, 26. God said, and I preached this morning, if you weren't here, maybe you want to listen to it. This verse I'm about to read is one of those classic verses that everybody wants to have it explained in the light of the Trinity. But God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. God created man in his own image. How amazing is that and also how sad is it that man is in the condition he is in when God made him in his image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God blessed them and and God said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want to preach to you for a little bit tonight simply on dominion. Dominion. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. Thank you for your spirit has moved and worked in this place tonight. Thank you for your presence that we have felt in response to our worship. I pray, God, that you would continue to work and move in this service. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us tonight. I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight, Lord. I don't want to preach a sermon. I don't want to just take time in this service to preach because that's what we expect in a service, but I want to be a conduit that you can speak through. So I trust you that you would minister tonight. I trust you for your anointing, Lord. I depend upon you tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Psalm chapter 8, David echoes what was said in Genesis 1. Psalms 8, beginning with verse number 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. 
When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Here it is, thou hast made him, you made man to have dominion over the works of thy hands, thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. In all the earth. You made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. You have put all things. How many things? What does all leave out? You have put all things under under whose feet? That his is not talking about God there. It's talking about man. You made man to have dominion and you put all things under man's feet. Going back to Genesis, it says that we were made in the image of God. We were made after his likeness. I have a question. What is God subject to? What controls God? Who does God answer to? You and I were made in His image after His likeness. The problem is some people want to be God. And they want to answer to no one. They want to be subject to no one. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) We're made in His image, so like Him, we should not be subject to anything but Him. We should not be under the control or the influence of anything but Him. He is under the influence of no one. He is subject to no one. You and I are in His image and we should be under the influence of no one but Him. Now if you're jumping to conclusions to think I'm going somewhere with some message about spiritual warfare and demons and all of that, you 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 rein it back in. He made us to have dominion. It was not God's intent for you to be subject to anything but Him. And yet I preach to some born-again people tonight that have some things in your life that have some dominion over you. That was not God's plan. That was not God's design. The problem is this. Dominion requires submission. He made man in the garden, put him in the garden, and intended for man to live in and with dominion. But to have dominion, you've got to stay in submission. Lord, teach us to pray. How do we pray? You pray after this manner. You don't pray these words. You pray after this manner. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Matthew 6.10, sorry. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. To have dominion, there's got to be a kingdom. To have the dominion that God was talking about in Genesis 1, there's got to be a kingdom established in your life, and you're not the king. A kingdom has dominion. 
as a part of the kingdom. And so we are supposed to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But that prayer is not just about let your will be done on earth all the way out there with everybody else. That starts right here. Your kingdom come, your will be done right here in my life as it is in heaven. Barnes Note says this, The relation of man to the creature is now stated. It is that of sovereignty. Those capacities of right thinking, right willing, and right acting, or of knowledge, holiness, and righteousness, in which man resembles God, qualify him for dominion. And constitute him Lord of all creatures that are destitute of intellectual and moral endowments. If I am going to have and exercise what God said he gave to man in Genesis 1, I've got to be in a right position. I've got to be in right standing with God. I can't exercise the dominion that I'm supposed to be exercising if I am not letting him be the king of my life and living a part of his kingdom. If he's the king, it doesn't really matter what I think. It doesn't really matter what my preferences are. Doesn't really matter what my desires are. They are supposed to be submitted and surrendered to His. Wow. Here you are, here you are, Adam and Eve, in this paradise. Adam, I'm giving this to you. I want you to dress it and keep it. That's what the King James says. In essence, what that means is, I want you to guard it and nurture it. I want you to protect it. And as long as you will live in alignment with my kingdom and my will, you can have dominion over it. But if you want to step out of my will, if you don't want my dominion in your life, I'm not giving you dominion to exercise. So Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, and Adam said, and unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field in the sweat of thy face. Shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Adam, I've given you dominion, and as long as you will live according to my word and my will, you are free to exercise the dominion I have given you. But should you choose, as they did, to disobey the commandments God had given them, they now forfeited the dominion that was supposed to be theirs. The psalmist said, you put all things under his feet. Preaching to some people tonight, there's some things in your life that have dominion over you. God never intended for anything, anything besides Himself to have dominion in your life. Nothing. Preaching to people tonight battling anxiety, battling depression. It's got dominion over you. You were created for all things. All things. Not most things. Not some things. Not the majority of things. All things. If there's something that's got dominion over you, it's pretty much a simple answer. 
you're not in the right position where you need to be. Because if you're in the position with the king and his kingdom, he said, I'm giving you dominion. I'm giving you authority. And I'm putting everything under your feet. I'm not here to get all psychological on you. And I'm not here to get all scientific. I'm just going to say this from a layman's perspective. And I think a biblical perspective. Addiction. Is all about dominion that's out of order. All things, all things are supposed to be under your feet. That's the privilege you have, that's the right you've been given. Not to live governed by anything but God. But if I'm not going to be submitted to the word of God, to the will of God, I don't have dominion. And neither do I have control over what has dominion over me. I'm sorry, friend, but the devil does not have a, uh, 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 what's it called, the DMZ? I heard somebody use this analogy the other day. Man, I thought it was fantastic. Your walk with God is like being on a treadmill. It's a treadmill that is moving away from God. So the moment you decide to become passive, you're not standing still. You're losing ground. I, I know, and, 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 and it's another message for another night. Paul said, when you've done everything to stand, stand. But you're standing on a treadmill that is not moving you by default closer to God. It is moving you by default away. And if you are not making up your mind to do what Paul also said, and that is, I press towards the mark. I press. I'm not just going to try to be, I'm not just going to live idle. I'm not just going to try to live on neutral. I, I am pressing towards the mark because there are some things that God has promised me that are available to me that I want to reach those. Paul says, I haven't apprehended yet that which I was apprehended for. So here's what I do. I press. I press. Press towards the mark. Giving you dominion, authority. Listen listen to what Jesus says this in, in John 14 and 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh. The prince of this world is coming against me. But I'm not worried about it. Because he has nothing in me. He has nothing that he can claim ownership to. What is it you've got hidden in your life? That maybe nobody else but you and Jesus know is hidden there. There may I may not know it as your pastor, friends, family may not know it, but you've got it hidden somewhere in your heart. And it doesn't belong. And you think nobody else knows. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's one other person besides you and Jesus that know. If you've got something that belongs to the enemy and you're hiding it in your life, he knows you got it. And the problem is when you're hiding it, he has a right to come and get what is his. 
This idea of trying to figure out a Christianity where we can get by with as much as we can get by with, we can push the line as much as we can push it, is absolute foolishness. It is a trick of the enemy because the enemy wants you to figure out how much of that, how much of the world can I allow in but still maintain my my walk with God and my Christianity. And he's going, go ahead, push the line, push the line. Because when you start getting stuff in your life that I have ownership to I'm coming at some point to claim it but Jesus said he's coming to get it but I'm not worried about it because when he shows up there is nothing nothing in me watch this watch this Acts Acts 19 verse 11 and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Man, that is cool. Look at that power Paul has. I'd like to have that power. I'd like to experience that. Let's give it a try. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There's part of the problem right there. When the only Jesus you can talk about is the Jesus somebody else preaches, you're missing out on something. If the only Jesus you can talk about is the Jesus pastor preaches, you got a problem. You better be able to talk about the Jesus that you know, the Jesus that you preach, because somebody else's Jesus is not going to be good enough for you when push comes to shove. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one of Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? And if that's not embarrassing and bad enough, And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of that house naked and wounded. You better be careful when you start to try to use somebody else's Jesus. If you haven't been on your knees with Jesus, if you haven't been fellowshipping with Jesus for yourself, don't be using my Jesus because my Jesus might work for me, but you got to know your Jesus. I know Paul. I know Jesus. Who who did you say you are? You have no dominion. You have no dominion because you've got something in you that belongs to me. Oh, Jesus. we're, We're in unprecedented times. There are unprecedented things that are happening. God is doing things we've never seen God do before in our midst. But if you think that means we can just put it on cruise control and just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride, you got it wrong. And if you think the enemy's just going to stand aside and let us do whatever we want to do, you've got that wrong too. And if you think the enemy is not constantly looking for somewhere to get a foothold in your life, you, you got that wrong. It's one thing when he's got to try to beat the door down to get a foothold in. It's another thing when you've got the door open. and You're giving up, you're sacrificing dominion that belongs to you you weren't made to be dominated you were made to have dominion you weren't made to be controlled you were made to exercise dominion Luke 19 and 17 and the 70 the 70 that Jesus sent out returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. 
Obviously, they knew more than just the name that somebody else was preaching. Because in this instance, they responded to the name and they said they're subject to us. And he said unto them, I beheld, I, I, I don't know, this is just my little twist on this. I, 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 it almost feels to me like, I may be wrong, but it almost feels to me like in verse 18, he's saying, you guys are getting all excited about a few devils being subject. I, I saw Satan. I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it says he kicked him out with a finger. I think, I think part of maybe what he's saying there is if you're in the right position, what else do you expect? Of course they're going to be subject to you. If you're in the right place with me that you're supposed to be in, you shouldn't expect anything less than them being subject to you through my name. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Kind of sounds like dominion. Kind of sounds like what David said. All things under your feet. But look at what he says. Notwithstanding in this, don't get all excited over the fact that spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice. Because your names are written in heaven. Because if your names are written in heaven and you're living in a, in a condition of salvation, that means you're living submitted. Which means by default, the devil's got to be subject through his name. Dominion. Dominion over every... I'm not talking about going, you know... I mean, I'm not talking about frivolous use of authority here. I'm not... Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Well, that's a great verse all by itself. Except read the context. I read it this morning, and right after that verse says, keep my commandments. Because the point is, when you're living according to His will and His plan and His purpose, asking anything in His name is not asking a bunch of frivolous stuff. Living in dominion is not not going about doing just whatever self-serving. Because if if I have dominion, that means I'm living in His dominion. The psalmist, I think it was the psalmist, psalmist or Solomon, one of the others said, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Most of my life, I interpreted that verse this way. If I will delight myself in the Lord, whatever I want, He'll give it to me. I've seen that a couple times here and there in my lifetime on wedding invitations. As if someone is saying, I delighted myself in the Lord and I got a husband. I'm getting a wife. If I delight myself in the Lord, I'll get a new job. I'll get a, I, I, actually, I don't think that's what that verse is saying. I think that verse means this. If I delight myself in the Lord, He will actually give me what to desire. If I will delight myself in it, if I will align myself with Him, He's not going to give me what I want. That's not the point. He's going to give me what to desire. He's going to give me what to hunger. Sister, I think it was Sister Joe Strand, brother, I think it was Sister Joe Strand talked about at the marriage seminar that, that hunger and thirst are natural things. They're, they're normal things. But appetite has to be developed. 
Nathaniel's gotten into this whole new level of coffee. I just, I just want classic Folgers. I want my cream and I want my Domino sugar. Don't be buying me no store brand sugar. It ain't the same. Yeah, don't be getting me no Safeway Select sugar. <laughs> Dominoes, that's it. You know, I've heard, and people, man, he can pick, he's picking out this flavor, this hint of that. This, I'm like, what in the world? You develop an appetite. You develop the ability to recognize If you will delight yourself in him, he will put within you what you should be desiring. So that means you're not frivolously walking around, naming it and claiming it, blabbing it and grabbing it. That's not what that is all about. That's not your lottery ticket. No. That's get in alignment with Him. And when you get in alignment with Him, He wants to do some things in you and through you. But there's got to be submission to His will, to His kingdom. And then when that is the case, you should be able to expect to exercise dominion. Can't go to sleep at night unless the TV's on. Can't go to sleep at night unless you watch something on YouTube or scroll social media until you're so tired you just fall asleep. You are out of alignment. There's some things that have dominion over you. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I, you know, there's something about living longer. You learn a lot more. There's a lot of stuff I thought and I knew when I was 20 and 25 that I had no idea. I live with a wonderful lady who struggles to go to sleep. I don't even need to lay down. I can almost fall asleep Getting into the bed. (laughs) My apologies if you have issues with this, but I I enjoy watching a movie every now and then. But you know what? It doesn't matter if it's it it. If you judge the movie by me, that must not be a good movie. He went to sleep. I can't help it. (laughs) You sit me down long enough in the evening and it's quiet and I watch. We sit down, my boys, my wife and I will. And I watch every now and I'm see, I see them checking me out. Dad's still awake. For right now, but look again in a minute, it might change. I realize there's changes that happen and I, 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 I'm, I'm learning all that. Leave all that right there. But I'm talking about when you've got you've to do stuff to distract yourself. And, and you've got you, 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 you to do something to try to somehow get dominion over what's got dominion over you. That's not the way you're supposed to be living. Oh, Jesus. I've given you. From the Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning, he says, I'm, I'm creating you and I'm creating you to have dominion. I'm giving you dominion. Brother, right? that's not the real world. This, this isn't the real world. I don't know of a realer world than this world right here. Just because it's not being manifested in my life in the way it could be doesn't mean this isn't real. I just need to figure out what it is that I need to do to get more in alignment. 
One of my consistent prayers on a fairly regular basis God, if there's anything in me that's out of alignment with you, out of alignment with your will, I want you to, I want you to bring it in alignment, God. I read it on Thursday night. Paul said, I, Paul said, I, 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 I'm not worried about you judging me. And then he says, but it doesn't even matter if I judge myself because there's things about myself I don't even see. I think that's why the psalmist prayed, search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way in me. God, if there's something in me that I am not recognizing that is not allowing me to have the dominion in my life that I'm supposed to have, show me so I can get it right because I want to be able to live with and in the dominion I'm supposed to live with and in. I'm I'm on a... It's sort of maybe kind of closing, but I just, I, there, there's a whole lot of applications, I'm sure, to this tonight. But here's the one I just really feel like the Holy Ghost impressed upon me the most. Second Corinthians 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't use carnal things to win spiritual battles. There's no medication that can win a spiritual battle. There's no drug that can win a spiritual battle. There's no drink that can win a spiritual battle. There is nothing that can win a a spiritual battle but spiritual things. And this battle that you and I enter is not a fleshly battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I think we spend so much time thinking about that verse that that's pulling down strongholds in Washington, D.C. and in New York City and all of these other places in the world. Can I tell you tonight the number one place that I think you and I need to get a grip on pulling down strongholds? You want to know where it is? It's not some city someplace. It's not some country someplace. It's not some new territory someplace. But the number one place we need to get control of some strongholds is casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You can't pull down strongholds someplace else if you haven't first pulled down some strongholds in your own mind. The other night we were all in the family room together, Angie, and the, the final four were there. So we, you've heard that. That's our group chat for my wife and my two sons, the final four. We were in the we were sitting there the other night in the living room, family room, whatever. I noticed that I had a a DM on Instagram. Open it up and Timothy had sent me a video. And I started to watch about the first second. And I made up my mind. Nope. I'm not watching that. Because in the first second, I saw this snake. Some of y'all have some impure minds. You, What in the world is his son sending him that he won't watch? Nope. He's sitting across, Dad, you watch it? No. Come on, Dad, watch it. No. He got says he does this deal, he pulls, wants to pull with me every now and then. Dad, if you love me, then do this. And guess what? I never do it. That's just how stubborn I am. 
I don't think he said that that night, but he usually will say that. Come on, Dad, watch it. No. Then a few minutes later, as I hear my wife watching it, I'm not watching it. I haven't, and I won't. All I know is apparently a bunch of snakes got pulled out of an attic or something. And not just little garden snakes either. So I heard. I've said it. By the grace of God, Lord, please don't put me to the test on this one. But by the grace of God, if I ever found a snake in my house, we had two of them outside last week and one of them in the grill. I never said it about the outside, but I'm just telling you, if I ever find a snake in my house, there's a high likelihood the second I see it, I will be on the phone with a real estate agent. I'm really not kidding. Hopefully he'll never put that on me. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again tonight. Why in the world is it you would not put up if you went home tonight and there was a snake in your house? You wouldn't go to sleep until you knew you had caught it and gotten rid of it. There's other things that we wouldn't allow in our house and yet we let what goes on up here Happen as if we have no control. He said there's some strongholds that need to come down. In the first place, I think those strongholds need to come down is in our minds. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I am not a victim to the thoughts that go on in my mind. I am not a victim to the thoughts of fear and the thoughts of doubt and the thoughts of anxiety and the thoughts of depression. I am not a victim to those things. I have been given authority and power. I am supposed to be living with dominion. And if I don't have dominion over those things... I need to find out where is it that I need to get back in alignment. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Casting down imagine, Casting down imagination. I've said it several times in the last couple of months. I've made some, I've made some changes and some things, not, 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 not sinful stuff, not whatever, but, but I, I, I've closed some doors. There were some things I kept, I kept realizing, man, every time I read that, every time I see that, every, every time I come across that kind of post on social media, I find myself starting to spiral. My faith being questioned. I'm not just talking about faith in God. I'm talking about faith in doctrine. Man, do I really, is this really necessary? Is what we preach and teach and believe really, really necessary? And then it started dawning on me towards the end of last year. There is nobody holding a gun to your head making you scroll social media. Turn it off. Shut the door. Quit giving the enemy access to stuff that belongs to him so he can show up and say, I've now come to lay claim because you've got something that belongs to me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me, God, so that when the enemy shows up, there is nothing, nothing he has a right to claim ownership. Again, I'm not. I'm not preaching. This is make, get rid of all your problems and all your issues and all your. If that was the case, my wife would be here tonight, battling a migraine. I'm not here talking about having dominion means there's no struggles, there's no problems, there's no issues. But what I mean is, at the very least, it's not controlling what's going on up here. Let me tell you something. If your go-to for some peace. If your go-to to somehow try to calm some things down in your mind is outside of what comes from this book, you are subjecting yourself. You are giving your 
that not only are you not living with dominion, you are giving some other things dominion. And again, the enemy is not content. Well, you're giving me a little bit. That's good enough. No. 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 I need to stop when I use my analogy saying I used them before. Because if you didn't remember I used them before, you'd think it's a brand new one. If there was a, if there was a lion on the other side of this door right now, it was roaring. I would stand here with no fear. In fact, if there was a glass on the window, I might stand with my nose on it. I'm embracing aging. It's going to happen. What's the point in fighting it, right? So I got my bird feeder a couple last year. My morning routine now as I sit in my chair and pray and as the sun comes up right outside the window, right in front of me is my bird feeder. I watch the cardinals come and chickadees come and every now and then a blue jay comes by. And I have a niece who I won't name that is very disrespectful to me about my bird watching. Not like it's one that's in this room tonight or anything. I was saying something about aging. What was I saying? That wasn't even planned, but that was a good one. What was I saying? Not letting stuff in. Yeah. So... Squirrels. Squirrels are very... I'm not buying bird seed for squirrels. I'm buying bird seed for birds. My bird feeder can last a couple of weeks for the birds. A squirrel will empty it out in one sitting. I got a squirrel guard. Any any older people? You hear me? You feeling me tonight? All the young folks, my kids are probably like, Dad, please. <laughs> Things, I got me a dude, dude, I sat there and watched him as he figured out a way to jump up and go over top of the squirrel guard to get up on top. So then I had a brilliant idea. You know what? I'm going to get me some, some uh, no-stick spray stuff from the. Maybe he'll slip try it, and that didn't work either. So now what happens is if I'm, I'm around and I see it, Leo has learned. What do you got to do is say, Leo, squirrel. And he'll run to that window. He'll start hitting on the window, scratching up the paint. But since he's running the squirrel off, I'm okay. <laughs> and without fail, he comes up to that window. He starts barking, hitting that screen. And that squirrel takes a leap off the bird feeder and he's gone. What the dumb squirrel doesn't know is the dumb smart dog can't get to him. As long as I've got the doors shut, I'm not afraid of what's on the other side. But the problem is this. The moment I open the door, it's a whole new battle to try to keep it closed, to try to keep him out. I'm preaching to some people tonight. Hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm preaching to some people tonight. You've decided to open the door a little bit to some things. You shouldn't have to be wrestling with keeping stuff out. When the door's shut, it shouldn't even get in. You shouldn't have to worry about keeping it out if you keep the door shut. But oh, my friend, the moment you open the door, you've started something. 
The problem is he knows how to quickly get a foot. And he's okay with just getting a foot in there for a while and wearing you down while you're trying to pull against him. But I believe tonight it is possible for those of you that maybe there's not the dominion in your life that you're supposed to have, that God intends for you to have, that if you'll just take the right steps, I believe God is willing and able to reestablish the dominion in your life that you should be living with. Oh, what a gracious, merciful God we have. What a gracious, merciful God we have. Well, that was not a very resounding response. What a gracious, merciful God we have. A righteous man falls seven times and he can get up again. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, because when I fall, I shall arise. The blood of Jesus is able to wash me. The grace of God is more than enough to get me back up and to get me back in right standing. And I've been given the tools to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God. My mind does not have to be the playground of the enemy I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed be changed how is it we are changed We are changed, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. I believe the Holy Ghost is in this place tonight. I I know there's not a lot of emotion right now and there's not a lot of outward response, but I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is in this place tonight and there are some minds in this place that God would like to renew tonight so that you can get back into right standing, your rightful place of not living under the dominion of something but living in and with the dominion that God has created you to live with bow your head and close your eyes if you would please Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name what is man that you're mindful of him What is man, God, that you would give him the dominion that you've given him and that you would put all things under his feet? It's your rightful place. You weren't created to be governed by fear. You weren't created to live under the dominion of depression and anxiety. Despair, hopelessness, that's not, that's not what you were created for. You were created to live with dominion, but dominion requires submission. Say, Pastor, if I acknowledge that I'm out of dominion, what do I need to do? What the first thing is probably start with some repentance. God, whatever it is, wherever it is in my life that I'm out from under your dominion, whatever it is, wherever it is in my life that your kingdom is not established, let your kingdom be reestablished. Let your dominion be reestablished in my life so that I can then live in the dominion you've given me to live in. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I realize this is going to take a little bit of vulnerability and the willingness to, to be honest, no matter who, who's watching or what somebody might think or say, but hopefully this, this ought to be a really safe place. It ought to be the safest place in the world for you to be able to do this, but if you're willing to acknowledge tonight there's some, there's some ways in which you're not living in and with the dominion you're supposed to be living in and there's some things that have dominion in your life, but you want the dominion that God intended. I don't think this is all about sin. 
There's some things that can get dominion in our lives that they're not some kind of horrible, gross sin. The ultimate effect of those things, if it's dominion besides God's dominion, is it's going to be the same outcome. The thief cometh not. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Enemy's not happy. He's not content with just stealing your peace. The enemy's not content with just messing with your mind a little bit. He's come to steal and then he's come to kill. But he wants to go beyond that to destroy them. With head bowed and eyes closed, there's there's a few that have made their way to this altar, but I believe there's some there's some more people in this place tonight that the Spirit of the Lord is is tugging on your heart tonight. It's God's desire. It's God's desire for you to live with dominion that He intended for you to have. You're living, if you're living governed, controlled, manipulated by anything outside of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, you're living outside of what rightfully belongs to you. If you don't feel the need, specifically respond for yourself would you would you be sensitive to the spirit of the lord and the lord would lead you to minister to somebody else in the name of jesus i believe it's the will of god for some people to walk out of here tonight renewed restored some things that have been having dominion over you, that dominion broken, you being put back in your rightful place. It's got to start with submission. It's got to start with surrender. God, if I'm going to be able to live with the dominion that belongs to me, I've got to live under your dominion. If I'm going to exercise the dominion given to me, I've got to let you exercise your dominion in my life first. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You take whatever you desire. Present myself, Lord, living sacrifice. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to be made new by the renewing of my mind. When you give up dominion, you allow things to start having dominion. You don't control. You don't control how far it goes. You don't dictate how long, how far the dominion over you goes. Let your grace work tonight. Let your mercy work tonight, God. Let there be a renewing and a restoring tonight, God. Lord, here's my life. I want to be tried by God, we want to be put back in our rightful place. 
We want to be able to live in that dimension that you created us for. In the name of Jesus. Purify my heart. 